Now there's some technical difficulties with AIDS because it's, you know, it's a sneaky little virus. But Lyme disease, right, is is busted up that way. It's like we've identified it, but we can't kill it. Yeah. Right? It's like mm-hmm. we know exactly what it is. You know, right. we don't even test for it very well because it's so sneaky. You know, it's like so it's 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 even even weeding out our ability to test. We're, it's forcing us to come up with new ways to test for things. So it's pushing science's limits. And that's how discovery happens. Congratulations, Lime Fighter. Today you had the courage to open your eyes and face another day. Welcome to Lime Voice. This show's purpose is to help you put the puzzle pieces of Lime into place. Each episode is designed to inspire, educate, and encourage you on your Lyme journey to wellness. Together we will fight. Together we will heal. Together we will live. Here are your hosts, Aaron and Sarah Sanchez. Wishing your doctors could communicate and come up with a cohesive plan specific to your medical needs and genetics? At Invita Medical Center, they offer a team-style approach giving you the opportunity to heal. In addition to a commitment of providing radical love and care for their patients, they are strategically located in sunny Arizona because Arizona offers the best integrative medical laws in the country. Call today to speak with one of their patient care coordinators. You can find them online at Invita.com. Line Voice thanks Invita Medical for the continued support. Please reach them at 1-866-830-4576. Welcome, Lime Voice listeners. Today, as always, I have my beautiful wife, Sarah Slickty Sanchez. Hello. Today we are talking to... McKay Rippy of Lime Ninja Radio. And if you're listening to podcasts, which you're listening to us, that means you've probably heard of him. They've got a great podcast, Lime Ninja, 160 plus episodes. Yeah, ton of information, ton of medical content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they do a great job of, of really getting, getting a broad picture of Lime. It's worth checking out if you're actively fighting this is lime ninja is a resource that can be a huge help to you enjoy the episode welcome lime voice listeners today we have our good friend mckay rippy from lime ninja, ninja radio yes so excited dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So excited to talk to you again today, McKay. It's been what about two years since we've we initially met you and had an interview with you. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's surprising. I I thought two years into doing podcasting, we'd have all this whole Lyme thing kicked and we'd we'd be conquerors of the whole Lyme issue. But uh, apparently, we're still working on it. <laughs> I want to start, McKay, by just thanking you on behalf of the Lyme community for what you are doing. Yeah. 
you are having such a huge impact and there's so much depth that comes out of your interview style and the people you're interviewing. And I just feel like even historically, it's going to be this treasure trove of information. Yeah. Timeless information. And one of the things we want to focus on with you today is the fight he'll live. So, you know, we're going to, I'd like to talk to you more about fighting is a mindset, healing is a choice, and living is the outcome. And just how you've seen people do those three things throughout the the hundred and, what is it, a hundred and... 58 episodes? Do you have Yeah, about, about that. 58, 59. I think 59 came out yesterday, so. Okay. But, but by the time this comes out, who knows, you know, 160 something, right? Right. <laughs> At this point, who's counting? That's actually not true, right? It's like, so every time Aurora and I uh, record the intro, we, we mention this is episode number blah, blah, blah. And we kind of look at each other and shake our heads saying, I, we can't believe. Sometimes we comment on it and sometimes we just silently comment on it. It's like, <laughs> how did that happen? Mm. So sit, state your question again. I got totally sidetracked by the number 159. <laughs> Well, we at, here at Lion Voice, we like to talk through Fight, Heal, Live and fighting being a mindset. So let's just start with that. You're 160 some episodes in and you've talked to 160 people specifically about Lyme. And so one of the things that, that we found early on in our own journey is that fighting the mindset of having a fighting mindset is such a key point. It's the starting point to all of this. So, you know, if you can kind of take a, a general synopsis of, or even some specific examples of people with great fighting mindset, what does it take to move past being sick into having the fight, the mindset that I'm going to overcome this? Wow. That is really the question, isn't it? Mm. If, if we could put that in a pill or <laughs> a bumper sticker and and have that impact you know we it'd be figured out you know nobody would be sick anymore that's right yeah it it's but there are there are you know that said it's very individual and i think that's the you know mm. why why when i interview somebody who's come through lyme disease and by come through i mean Eh, either somewhere between 85 and 100% cured, if you could put a number on it. Mm -hmm. They're feeling much, much, much better than they used to. Let's put it that way. Yeah. There is absolutely an arc that goes to the story that they tell. And it's the Lyme story. And I'm sure it's also the chronic disease story. It's not necessarily unique to Lyme. Lyme has its own particular twists and turns that show up again and again. And it's the, you know, the not getting the need the needs met by the medical community and particularly even being dismissed and uh, sent down wrong paths. Mm -hmm. so, so that's unique to Lyme. But there's, there's this moment where indeed they decide to fight and f fight's an interesting word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes it's not that they start fighting, but it's they take responsibility or they're motivated in some way. But there's definitely a different mindset from that of I'm just going to be a leaf on the stream and get blown around or a leaf on the pond and just whatever way the wind's going to blow, I'm going to learn how to accept and deal with that. 
you know, and, and there are obviously some days where that seems like that's the, that's the goal for the day is like mm-hmm. just to be able to be here and deal with what I'm dealing with. But then at some point they say, you know what, it'd be really cool if I had a rudder and put down the center board on this leaf so I could steer, that I had some ability to steer in this in this storm and had some some say. And I I know, you know, e- even though I'm I'm not that familiar with your your fighting mindset, exactly what you mean by it. That's the that's it. It's like we're not gonna I'm not gonna we're not gonna take this anymore. Right. right. And, yeah. and that's the anger in the Lyme community, right? In Chinese medicine, the idea that you're going to overcome something to burst through it's the springtime force of a little blade of grass or a crocus coming through the frozen ground that it takes that effort that bit of focus that bit of fight to to push that frozen ground out of the way and you think how soft a little crocus bud is you know if you step on it it goes squish but at the same time somehow it fights through that frozen ground so it has a, the focus gives it amazing force Another more modern analogy is that of a laser, right? Lasers are just light, but it's it's called coherent light. It's organized light. Mm. It's like it's like chicken run. It's like them chickens organized, <laughs> <laughs> right? The light gets organized, and all of a sudden, the light can do things that unorganized light can't do. Uh. And so the, it's the same thing. It's like when we get organized around moving mountains identifying and moving mountains, then we've got a chance of moving the mountain. If we're just looking for a way to accept what our lot in life is, we're not moving mountains, we're, we're accepting. And it's, it's an interesting push and pull. Hmm. Because not, not accepting, right, if, if there's complete rejection, you, you can't stand anywhere. You can't push forward. You can't fight unless you have a stance. I mean, this, this is physical. You go back to uh, actual teaching people how to fight, and and footwork is the first thing they talk about. They talk about the stance, and they talk about the footwork, where you're standing. Can you? And that's where the force comes from. That's the ability to fight. So if there's nowhere to stand, you can't begin to fight. So the acceptance is is part of it, but not acceptance as in defeat. And I think mm-hmm. that's also what you're what you're talking about is how, you know, can I accept where I am and not necessarily like where I am and still have some sort of spirit? We'll just call it spirit for now. Yeah. That I can push forward, that I can have an impact, that I'm not, you know, my lot in life is not just to learn how to suffer. Mm. Explain how you came up with the Lime Ninja. I love your analogy of the ninja. I don't think <laughs> basically it's or my thinking is more I don't know a resonate and <clears throat> you know I was I was thinking I, I may have came, seen the image before I actually came up with the idea of a podcast actually I'm, I I don't remember the exact thing but it just resonated and it just seemed like the the right it, it resonated with my personality so i tend to be playful and see humor even in the darkest of times mm. and i'm also surprised a lot the the world surprises me and people surprise me and not in bad ways in delightful ways you know and so i find that i find it joyful so i laugh a lot because I see some joy in things mm. uh, and, and joy in connections and learning. And sometimes that laughter is inappropriate. And people say, what are you laughing at? And then I have to explain myself. 
so the character, the cartoon character, you know, had some of that little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a quirky laughter of recognition. But then on a more serious note is the idea that a ninja is is the the Navy SEALs mm-hmm. of the day. They're unconventional warfare. They're powerful beyond their numbers. They can get the job done when nobody else can. And they can get the job done when an army couldn't. And that, you know, that reminds me so much of Lyme disease is you can throw years of antibiotics at Lyme disease and the person, some people get significantly better, right? They're miracle. And that's what it's needed. But you hear many of the stories that I hear is that the antibiotics got them so far, but then that was it. And then they had to finish, you know, finish their fight with, with Lyme disease. And so they needed to learn a different set of skills. So I'm a contrarian by nature. So coming in on the alternative side of thing, I mean, went to study acupuncture 25 years ago. I mean, who did that at the time? You know, no, just, you know, crazy people did. So, so there's, that's always been part of my DNA makeup, my mind, the way I thought is that there's always, there's gotta be some other way and there's gotta be, you know, a backdoor Easter egg way to get in there where you can, with minimal force and minimal intervention, really shift things radically, you know, and we're, and we're finding that, I mean, science is really backing that up now. It's like sleep, you know, all the sleep mm-hmm. science coming out, you know, sleep is invisible. You know, my wife's mantra for sleep when we first got married was, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, that'll help her get there quicker. Is, you know, what I, <laughs> What I tried to explain to her, right? you know, and so you can't, I, I, I say this now and it res, people have enough background. There's enough information out there that resonates with them. It's like, I, I'll say the statement, you cannot heal if you cannot sleep. Right. And people shake their heads and go, yep. Okay. I get it. You know, saying that 20 years ago, people would go, well, you know, I only need five and a half hours. It's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then how come you're in my office? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. McKay, what you said about having something to stand on, sleep was one of those things that because I didn't know that I could stand and say, no, this is unacceptable. I have to be able to sleep. And so I just lived without sleeping for a long time and or pain management. Like, hey, (laughs) my pain is at a level 10 all the time. Like, let's deal with this. And it was those little things that started to fall into place that allowed me to heal, but it took a long time to get there. Right. We, we often think that recognizing a mechanism or something is the same thing as taking care of it. Mm. Just because we're aware of racism doesn't mean that we can't be racist. <laughs> right. You know, or, or, or whatever, you know, or whatever it be, you know, just cause, just cause we know there's a God doesn't mean we're a godly person. Right. Right. Or even if we believe fervently believe in a higher power, it doesn't mean that we're living a good life. Right. Hmm. So the knowledge we get confused, we get, we, knowledge is seductive, you know, knowledge is seductive. One of the things my training is, and again, this is the counterintuition that drew me to this type of acupuncture was it's Taoist based and, and, and Taoism is very much, you know, the wise person wants to learn something new every day. However, I strive to forget something every day. You know, that's loud, loud <laughs> Sue speaking, you know. So that's, you know, it's like the more, and, and that's, that's kind of the danger with Lyme disease. So this, let's bring this back to 
the fighting spirit. Yeah. This is the danger of the internet and Facebook and my podcast, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's like, I've got, you know, 75 experts going on there and they've all got a different piece of the elephant. Um, and, and some of them probably don't have the elephant at all. They just think they got an elephant, but they've got a different piece of the elephant and they're saying, this is the way. Mm -hmm. And, the truth about the way and, and is that what's important is that you have a way. Yeah. You know, if you're trying, what's this? You can't, you can't switch horses in the middle of the river. You can't ride two horses at the same time. What's another one? If you, if you chase two rabbits, you'll catch neither one. <laughs> it's yeah. like part of having a fighting spirit is to have a Yoda. And I'm talking like the original Star Wars Yoda, not the later Star Wars Yoda where he's doing backflips and killing everybody. <laughs> but you need a guide, whether it's a book or a person or whatever it is. And then you need to follow it faithfully, not perfectly, but faithfully, because only then will the gaps start to show. So part of fighting is stopping to learn, stopping the learning, right? You're like You don't need any more information. You need to go out there and do it. It's it's the difference between book knowledge and common sense knowledge kind of thing. It's the difference between the the guy who's got the PhD and is serving you lattes at Starbucks versus the guy with a high school education who's a real estate millionaire, yeah. billionaire, you know, whatever, or just comfortable, whatever, right? The, right. the point is that knowledge doesn't get you anything, right. really. It doesn't. Every once in a while, there's a breakthrough that changes reality, you know, but how often is there, is there an Einstein? You know, that's something completely different. And, you know, hopefully Lyme disease will have its Einstein moment and that'll come from wherever it comes from, Mm -hmm. probably by somebody on a, you know, out in Colorado somewhere studying the Bible. Um, (laughs) Right. You know, not from the edges and not from the, the big centers of learning. Because uh, yeah. lear- learning obscures and, and clouds the mind. We get it's very easy to to get the brain. You know, the brain is seductive. Yeah. So I think that's part of the this fighting spirit is that, you know. So for, first of all, you have to come to grips with reality and st- you know stop bemoaning. Oh, why me? You know, asking those questions, the unanswerable questions. Yeah. You know, yeah. why me? Why this? Why is this happening? Why is this that you, that you can chew on that question forever, right? Yeah. And at some point, at some point. Either we get an answer we like or we just give up the question and say, well, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. You know, and that's that's the moment you stop, you turn and you stand and you begin your fight. Yeah. I like the way you put that because that leads us, you know, because we talk about fighting as the mindset and then healing being the choices. And really, I think that's what you're getting into now is there eventually needs to be choices that need to be made or actions. So, you know, for Sarah and I. There's been lots of healing choices that we've made, one of which is actually changing our environment from New Mexico to Colorado. It was that fighting mindset that got us to the healing choice. McKay, I've heard you talk about the correlation between tuberculosis and Lyme. Can you just give us an overview of that? Because that's new to me. I've always known it was similar to the AIDS epidemic, but what can we glean from the tuberculosis epidemic? Well, first of all, what, what I, I spoke in 
precisely, or let's make sure that I'm, I'm saying exactly. I, I'm not saying that the diseases are similar. What I'm saying is the historical, anthropological, medical history is, is similar. The arc is similar. Right. And it's the same, you know, the same can be said of Semmelweis and hand washing, right? Mm. You know, so science gets to a point where it's blind and Einstein said, you know, we can't solve the problems of tomorrow with the solutions that got us to today. You know, it's paraphrasing. Yeah. Very, very poorly his quote, but people remember that quote. You can look right. that up if you want to. Yeah. So tuberculosis was one of those things. It affected everybody. It affected all levels of society. So it wasn't based, you know, it wasn't cholera where it's based around dirty water. It wasn't something that affected just rich people because of inbreeding. It wasn't, it affected all levels of society, uh, those unlucky enough to, to catch the disease. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was not the flu. People weren't here one day and then gone the next, like, like happens with a, a flu epidemic. They suffered this long, slow decline. And for a while, there was kind of like recently we had in, in fashion uh, heroin chic where the models were kind of done up in white makeup and dark eyes and, you know, looking draggled and skinny. There, there was this uh, melancholy chic that was going on that, you know, you just you didn't have it was chronic fatigue. They didn't have energy to do anything. You know, they weren't particularly mentally shut down with brain fog or anything like that, but they couldn't do anything. Right. These yeah. these really sick people. It was so in that way it was is kind of similar to there's obviously some mitochondrial damage being done. Yeah. And then the damage ac accumulated where the, the lungs really got affected and they started coughing up blood. And that was the beginning of the end. They knew the death was around the corner. But science, because there was not the germ theory yet, was totally blind. Mm. So they talked about the ethers, you know, and and the phlegm and bile in the body and all these these explanations that they had, which had gotten them as far as they got. And it wasn't enough. And so you have all these faith healers and alternative medicine and even within the medical community itself, all these people with these different ideas of how to do it. And, you know, they, they'd bleed people and, and give them various uh, poisonous substances to, to cure them. And... Finally, and forgive me because I don't remember the, the main player's name. Finally, somebody comes up and says, look, this is a bacteria. We see this in cattle. It's made the leap to humans. It's reproducible. And we can cure it by, um, by vaccination. So this was the first massive vaccination success, mm. right? So you give a little bit of the the virus or bacteria, I'm not sure which it was, to the, to the people. And I don't even remember if it was a dead or live vaccine. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The mm -hmm. point is they now had an intervention, right? They had vaccines. So this was the birth of the vaccine. And it was a miracle. Yeah, It saved so many lives, so, so many lives, right? And really, it's, that is such an impactful uh, change in our understanding of disease that then all of a sudden it's cured all these other diseases that came along with it. Even, even the AIDS epidemic can the science use to identify it or the, the thinking, I mean, the science changed radically between, you know, a hundred years, 150 right. years, whatever it was, but the thinking was the same as let's, let's identify the causative agent here and then we're going to go after it. Now, there's some technical difficulties with AIDS because it's, you know, it's a sneaky little virus. But Lyme disease, right, is is busted up that way. It's like we've identified it, but we can't kill it. Yeah. Right? 
It's like, Mm -hmm. we know exactly what it is. You know, we don't even test for it very well because it's so sneaky. Yeah. You know, it's like, so it's even, even weeding out our ability to test We're it's forcing us to come up with new ways to test for things. So it's pushing science's limits and that's how discovery happens. But we tend to want to solve it with the old solutions. We want a vaccine. And who knows, maybe, maybe we'll get one. Maybe the old solution will, you know, we'll be able to tweak that enough that we get a good vaccine. But, you know, what if we don't? Yeah. It may it may require something completely new. Yeah. You know, completely new understanding. We may end up finding out that, okay, what really needs to happen with this is we need to put somebody in a strong magnetic field to bust up the biofilms and then support the immune system or so who knows, you know, just who knows, yeah. you know, the people doing with the rife machines and uh, microcurrent and various herbal remedies, you know, which actually most of the herbal remedies uh, just are an herbal version of antibiotics. So they're not radically different, but it's, it's pushing us. Yeah. So we will, we will learn something new, but what it's probably staring us in the face, but because we're blinded, we're in our particular box of knowledge <laughs> Remember yeah. the Taco Bell think outside the bun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we've we got to think outside the antibiotic. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like the way you're putting that because, you know, when TB, they're looking for the cure, they had to relook at everything. And, and in a sense, it's interesting that the medical community uh, kind of is still leaning on that same understanding. And, you know, I don't I don't have the answer. But at the same time, I can see that those old understandings, much like TB was, those old understandings aren't getting us further in the, along our path. So I think you're right. It could be, and I, and I have a hunch that Lyme is a combination of everything. And, you know, I, I, know, I do know that our bodies are designed and made in such a way that they want to be healthy. And if we can figure out how to come alongside them and give our bodies what they need to be healthy, they will assist us in a sense. Like I have a a little bit of a stinted opinion of doctors after going through Lyme as much people, as many people know, you know, doctors don't have it all figured out. And when they, you know, that raises a red flag to me is when I come across a doctor who says, oh yeah, I got this. I, I'll fix you. I, I know everything. That doctor to me is dangerous because they're not looking at the whole picture. They're looking at whatever it may be. I mean, I think of the neurological doctors that we've talked to. They're very, I don't know if it's just that it was just our experience or if it was, it is that group of people, but they or within the medical community, that is, they are so stuck on the brain and what it is that they don't address the spirit as well. And to me, I think they're missing, you know, they're missing the picture by looking so close at to, into one area. I agree 100%. And th- the other thing that's really important to to know in kind of studying the history of medical advance and scientific advance is that the person with the solution is going to be ridiculed. Yeah. I mean, first of all, they're, they're ridiculing everybody, right? So they're probably going back to the TB there, there, there were hundreds of people who had it wrong. Right. But within that soup of wrong people, somebody's right. Yeah. (laughs) And that's part of the scientific process is the cream eventually will rise to the top. 
But in rising to the top, it has to fight. And that's the filter. That's how science works. You're filtering. You're fighting against. So we're back to, you know, fighting. You're fighting against what's known. Yeah. Right. And and, and there's this funny phenomenon in just in, in human nature is that most advances either come from the fringes or from the young people doing the research because they haven't yet been indoctrinated. They don't know that the question that they're asking or the approach that they're taking is wrong, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't fit within the, the common framework. And the problem with funding coming from a central source like with the government is they will only fund what is already known. And mm-hmm. the term is is they're paving the cow paths. So you get, you know, you get incremental improvement, but you never get any breakthroughs. So the breakthroughs, the chances of a breakthrough coming through Harvard or Yale or another big research university are approaching zero. Now, they're going to give us lots of knowledge, right? They're Mm -hmm. going to produce lots of papers, lots of knowledge, lots about the details. But in terms of actually cracking the nut and being able to get to what the solution is, it's not going to come from there. That's If I were a betting person, I would bet on that not happening. And that's not not a knock on them. It's just just the way it works. Mm -hmm. It's like, where did penicillin come from? An accident, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Right? No, yeah. nobody said, yeah, I'm going to sit down and figure out penicillin is like, wait a minute, they're, you know, there's bacteria dying in there. What's going on? Yeah. You know, they discover new symptoms and that, you know, that coasted Pasteur through his entire right. career, that one breakthrough. Right. And Pasteur was one of the great scientists during the TB epidemic that failed. Right. His insight into germs was not sufficient to solve the TB problem. Hmm. You know, and so it's that, but that's just knowledge. That's not we're bad or wrong or evil or anything. It's just the, what needs to happen to get to the next level. And unfortunately, people with Lyme disease are the canaries in the coal mine. They're the people with the teeth. They're the ones suffering because we're not there yet. And boy, it stinks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it gets back to fighting. It's like the answer isn't out there. Right. Yeah. You know, so where is the answer? And that kind of gets into your your second part, right? Okay, now that I've decided, okay, this is up to me. It's like hope isn't coming. The cavalry is not coming. You know, <laughs> the, the new antibiotic is not coming. The new combination, the new protocol, it's not coming. Yeah. So yeah. how do you advocate? Yeah. Then you have to figure out a plan to advocate for yourself and do as best as you can with the resources you currently have. Yeah. Yeah. So you start pulling together solutions that work maybe 35%. And you pull together enough 35% and overlapping that, you know, you can get mostly better and then mostly better or somewhat better even, right? Some hope, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, that's, I'm actually having three good days a month now instead of none. Right. Or, and then, then wow, it's three good days a week mm-hmm. instead of none. And it's so personal. And so the, and the other thing I want to get back to is, and really the, the beauty of what you're doing is highlighting the human spirit and what can happen as we shift whatever it is that gets shift mm-hmm. shifted. Now, I, re- I remember when I got Lyme disease about 15 years ago, I got bit, didn't know I got bit, came back home and went to an Aikido class. And I thought it'd be really cool to learn Aikido. So I was a very beginning student and in my late 30s, I guess, well, yeah, something like that. 
So fairly, not you know, not young. The people there were well, actually, the people there were older, <laughs> but they've been doing Aikido for years and years and years. So it's it's this really hot Saturday afternoon class in this tiny little studio in this basement, and it was hot. There weren't a lot of windows, and there's the senior instructor and the senior student. And basically on Akita, what they do is they throw you. So you're you're getting thrown to the ground and, and rolling as best you can not to get hurt mm-hmm. and then standing back up again. And if you've ever done any sport where they have you, you know, kind of like jump up and down, it's like it's exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I got a really good sweat going. So I'd been bit by a tick. I go through this probably massive electrolyte disturbance with the sweating as well as the exhaustion and the next day i was sicker than sick yeah right flu flu like symptoms it's like ah darn it i got you know i came down with the flu okay so you know i go through the rest of the day just feeling miserable and i remember uh, crawling figuratively maybe seriously there's one time i did crawl to the bathroom (laughs) anyway i believe it (laughs) yeah you know, and actually, th- this—that's really interesting. Now, I want to circle back. Remind me about crawling to the bathroom. So, anyway, okay. I'm dragging myself to the bathroom. I've got my hands on each side of the sink. You know, I've run some cold water and splashed it on my face. I'm looking at my face and I'm look, thinking, "My God, you really don't look well <laughs> at all." Right. And you know, I've got my white T-shirt on, and there on my left arm is a bullseye rash. Mm. You know, like somebody spray painted it on my arm. And the bizarre thing is I instantly felt better. Hmm. Really? Because you knew? Yes. Something shifted. It was like, oh, and at this point, I had no, I mean, I knew there was Lyme disease and it caused a bullseye rash and it was an infection and it wasn't a good thing. But in terms of all, what I know now, it's like, I didn't know anything. But I, I identified, I identified my enemy. Mm, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So I stopped feeling sorry for myself. Whatever happens, like, okay, now I got something to do rather than just ride out this. We kind of talk about the leaf floating in the pond. Okay. How am I going to deal with feeling crappy for the next couple of days to, okay, now what there's to do? Well, we're going to go down to the ER and uh, get some antibiotics. Yeah. And that's what we did. And the doctor, you know, looked at and said, well, we did the test, obviously, but he said, you know, it sure looks, you know, luckily this ER doc Sunday morning, early Sunday morning said, yeah, let's give you a couple of weeks antibiotics. So because it was soon enough, the couple of weeks was enough. And I didn't know enough to go back and ask for more, mm. you know, but it was enough. I was healthy enough, young enough, strong enough, and followed up with some, what, an herbal tincture. I'm pretty sure it was Tiesel now that I know yeah. more about Lyme. So when I gave me a, and had a few acupuncture treatments to help rebalance after that. And for the most part was okay. But again, there's that moment where, and, and it's a small fight, you know, that's a very, very small but that absolute moment was like, okay, I'm, I've got something to do. There's something to do here. I'm going to fight this, not just ride out the wave of misery. Right. And I, think, I, honest to God, felt better. I believe it. I think that's one of the most, one of the saddest aspects of this illness is that for so many of us, and I was in that exact same boat, when you cannot find a solution, when you cannot find the cause or the enemy and figure out what you're fighting against, you ultimately blame yourself or that self-doubt comes in because there's no validation (laughs) of any kind. Yeah. And then an analogy that came to my mind is, is if you're traveling down a path and there's a small turn that, that you need to make in order to get onto the right path. And if you miss that path, you miss that turn, 
you're going to suffer because you're going to continue on without knowing what is the real problem that you need to be on a different road to continue on and i think and that's one of the evil parts of this disease is that the testing is not very good so so many people you know i think it's less than 50% actually get the bullseye rash and, and you know i've heard it referred to as if you you're lucky if you were able to see a bullseye rash yeah clearly clearly that's really yeah. interesting and 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 looking back i do feel blessed and i'm so grateful that my immune system responded in the particular way it did because otherwise I would have been one of many, 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 many people mm -hmm. who just thought they had a summertime flu mm -hmm. and did nothing. That was Sarah's case. That, that's exactly what happened to Sarah. Yeah. For nearly two decades, Invita Medical Center has been leading the way with the latest in personalized treatment options designed for patients dealing with Lyme disease complex. At Invita Medical Center, they offer a team-style approach and the latest technology regarding treatment and testing at an unmatched, radical love and care environment for their patients. Call to speak to one of the patient care coordinators today to learn why hundreds of patients choose Invita Medical Center each year. You can find them online at Invita.com. From the creators of Lime Voice and Disappearing from Society comes a brilliantly simple idea. But this time, it comes as a voice. Imagine a world in which birds can talk like people. You'll get a bird's eye view of life with Lyme disease, as one bird family must unite to overcome the obstacles of life with Lyme disease. Guaranteed to make you laugh and cry. Written in a way that helps you articulate the losses you are experiencing as a household while simultaneously empowering you to keep fighting. Little Bite, Big Trouble is available today at Amazon.com. McKay, tell us about your symptom tracker that you created, because I just have to go on the record and say it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen as far as just giving you quick, straightforward answers. <laughs> Great. So first, let's give credit to Dr. Horowitz. It's based off of his work, um, and he put together a questionnaire and studied it to give you a sense of whether or not you have Lyme disease, right? And whether or not you should seek out treatment. So that's a great tool. So that's, I just want to give hats off. So I took a subset of that questionnaire and really it's focused in on the symptoms that people with Lyme disease have. And the ideal being, so, you know, if you're fighting, right? Right. And it's something simple like the flu, you know, your, your symptoms are pretty straightforward, but Lyme disease, there's so many symptoms, right? And the path to healing has switchbacks and, and you mm -hmm. go down dead ends and have to reverse. And so like one month or for a few months, you might be dealing with joint pain. And then all of a sudden you're dealing with psychological symptoms and then you're dealing with, you know, whatever, Right. Whatever comes next, uh, gastrointestinal symptoms, or and then the next month after that, you've got all of them. 
Yeah. So one 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 of the things you hear over and over again, I'll I'll ask people in a consultation, is like, well, are you feeling better? And they go, well, they don't know how to answer it. Yeah. Right. And some of these people have spreadsheets where they track their symptoms every day, what they take every day. I mean, they're, they're meticulous, right? They're scientists at heart, right? Mm -hmm. That's science at its heart is that you're keeping track of everything, right? And some people are just so overwhelmed and buried that it's just like, I, I have no idea. You know, they barely remember that they started a new supplement or treatment the month before, right? Yeah. So you get everything in between. But the common theme is, is like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this has changed and, you know, that, and then they'll think about things and they're like, well, you know, and I don't even remember what this particular set of symptoms was like last month. So I'm not even sure if it's any better or any worse. So, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And part of my training as an acupuncturist is very much, and this is one of my weaknesses, I'm very much focused in on does a person feel better? Mm-hmm. You know, and in, in some ways, this puts undue inf uh, stress on 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 my abilities in acupuncture to heal because things that take a while, you know, I'm probably going to let those people go because well, you're not feeling better, so maybe you ought to try something else, right? But yeah, but I'm used to having in my conversations uh, an ability to talk with somebody with something much simpler than Lyme disease. Are you getting better or not? Yeah. You know, and and usually it's like, are you sleeping better? If that's the main complaint, okay, yes, you are. No, you're not. But with Lyme disease, it's always really big. So I thought, wow, what if we took Horowitz's questionnaire here, which has been validated, and we turned it into a survey, right? So then the question becomes, well, how often do you do the survey? Do you do it every day? Do you do it once a year? Do you do it once a week? And kind of intuitively, where we came down is once a month. Hmm. Once a month. We thought that too many data points just gives you noise. Yeah. Right? It's it, it's too much. But if, you, if you're able to zoom out a little bit, then you can see, okay, you know, yeah. yeah, we lost a little ground over here, but we gained ground here, here, and here. So while this and, – and the, the other thing is our, our, brains, our brains are terrible at keeping track of things, right? What's in our foremost mind is what we're suffering with right now. Right. So if there's one, so 20 symptoms could have gotten better, but one gotten worse. And our assessment of the situation is things are worse because yeah. the one symptom is that strong and overwhelming everything else. Just our brains are not designed to sort this stuff out. Yeah. So the Lyme tracker does do that. It's a survey of about, what is it? 40 questions, something like that. And it takes what? Five, seven minutes to complete. It's not that tough. Yeah. It's no, online. It's really easy. Yeah. And right, right now you get a kind of a, an email that gives you a list of your answers. And we're really, the hope is that we put this into an app where you get nice graphs and you can see over the course of a year. Because, I mean, in, in our previous conversation, you were talking about, you know, yeah, you know, I put myself on this two-year protocol, right? right. I mean, that's, a t that's the time frame we need to think about with Lyme. It's not a two-week protocol. Yeah. It's a two-year protocol to turn yeah. things around. So again, how do you keep, how do you consistently, and if you're asking, the other thing, if you're asking different questions, you know, every month or every week, or you go from one system to another, you don't get consistent data just because you're asking different questions. 
I mean, that's one of the things that happened with some of these big government surveys where, you know, that somebody will say, oh, yeah, this has gotten completely worse. And then you go back and you find out, well, they changed the question or, or the, right. crit- the criteria for the answer. It's like, well, maybe it's not as bad as, as it's being portrayed or as good for that matter, whatever. So the, the consistency matters a lot. So we plan on keeping this pretty consistent. Maybe we'll add in a few questions actually inspired by our conversation about how person's spirit is doing. But then the idea is that then you can go back and say, okay, look, my digestion over the past year has gotten better. There have been some ups and downs, but you know what? It's not as bad as it was. Yeah. And and, and looking back. Re- and that's really hard to do. I mean, I, I'm speaking from personal experience all the time. You know, Sarah and I will be in the midst of some of the next thing. But at the same time, we have to stop and say, you know what, though? We're doing so much better in these areas. And I, I totally identify what you're saying. Your brain doesn't. Your brain is, and your body can be focused on the issue at hand, and it's super hard to have an overview. So if this tool is able to give us an overview, it does. Huge. I think I know it's based off of Dr. Richard Horowitz's information, but you've put it together in such a way that I think that's huge to be able to yeah, once a month go in and track it systematically. Like, okay, yeah, actually, digestive is better. And that's so huge because as you heal in one area, you have more energy to give to another. But what I see people doing over and over again, and I, I don't know, <laughs> for people to think long term when they're not feeling well is really yeah. this daunting thing. Yes. And I get messages and text messages and all sorts of stuff from people who are like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I'm so much worse and blah, 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 blah. I think I'm going to leave treatment or I think I'm going to stop or by the way, I tried coffee enemas for three days, didn't feel any difference and quit. And I'm just like, I I know that it's hard, but what people have to understand is they have to think long term. Like if you were sick for 15 years before you started treating, <laughs> it's going to take you X number, number of years to get better. And but people don't either because they're panicked or scared or all of the above. But it's, it's so rough. It's a really bad situation. <laughs> but I think they do that all the time. They're like, oh, I did this and it didn't work. And, you know, when you look into these protocols of people who are healing, you're talking years. You can't do coffee enemas for three days. You have to do it for sometimes three years. Mm-hmm. And only when you're looking at something like I try to tell people, don't look at a week by week, like how you feel one week and how you feel the next week. You kind of have to look at it like, how did I do this semester? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to tell a couple stories here. Please. <laughs> so I used to ask in my practice, what are your stress levels? Mm. People would invariably say, they're not too bad. And I'd write that down, you know. Stress, not too bad. And then we get into their story, and it would, you know, be some. I'm going to be dramatic here, but some version of, yeah, you know, I'm going through a divorce. I'm having to put my mom in a nursing home. She's got Alzheimer's really bad, and you know, my dad died two years ago, and really, I'm the only one left. My siblings are all in different parts of the country, so it's all on my shoulders to do all this, and. You know, my daughter's pregnant and not married, and uh, she's moving back home with me. And, uh, you know, my son just got arrested. Wow. And, 
and again, this is I'm right. I'm, right. I'm dramatizing a compilation, all the worst things into one patient, one, right. one theoretical patient. <laughs> um, but some of these weren't. Some of these stories weren't that far off from this, actually. Yeah. And and then so I'd say, but 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 you know, I'd turn my paper back and I'd say, but right, you not too long ago you said, you know, you didn't have any stress in your life. And they say, oh, I think I'm dealing with it pretty well. Hmm. Which kind of so, doesn't matter, right? I mean, Well, so we don't have the models to think about. Again, this is kind of going back to the TB. We've got the magic bullet model of health. We've got the machine mm-hmm. model of health. We don't have the economic model of health. So she's in, in telling the story, think I'm doing well. She's not measuring. It's like, okay, it's like, how are you doing financially? Oh, I think I'm doing okay. Okay, tell me about your 10 credit cards. Well, you know, nine of them are maxed and I'm at 80% of the last one. And uh, I really don't have the money to make it month to month uh, because, you know, I haven't been able to work because of all these situations here. So I have no other income. I'm living off my credit cards. And it's like, you know, in that case, it's like, oh, well, you're going to the shit's going to hit the fan in a couple of months because you're going to hit 100 percent of the last credit card. And then what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. You know? Right. But we're right. like, oh, we don't we don't measure the cost of keeping homeostasis. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the big things that happens with Lyme disease. It's such a long haul. It's such a demanding disease. It wears us down and wears us down and uses up all our resources. I mean, your story is a perfect perfect example of that you know just you burn through all your resources whether they're emotional spiritual physical financial family friends you're burning through everything you have just to keep your head above water and you're thankful your head's above water because you can see what's going to happen if you don't do this thing right so this is the next part then then what happens is like oh my god it's like i'm not being pulled down under the water anymore i can float again yeah right but then you either don't realize yet or you don't want to look around and say, but I don't have any friendships left. I don't have a job left. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, there's nothing left. And in, inside is like all your minerals are burnt through. You know, all your reserves are burnt through. It's like your body's ability to just be normal is burnt through. So now now you go into the phase of it's time to rebuild. Yeah. Right? It's time to rebuild your life, rebuild your health, rebuild. And that's the rebuilding part does not happen. So that's, this is where we lose track back to the kind of the timing of things. We're like, we're thinking in terms of the flu It's like the fever breaks. Yay. We're healthy again because you right. haven't, you've only been sick for three days. You've only been sick for a week. You didn't get depleted. You're just feeling lousy, you know? So after a couple of days, you're back up and bouncing around again. Right. You know, that's, you know, one reason children get so sick and so recover so quickly. They still have all those reserves left. It's like, they're just, wow, you know, we're still dragging around and they're like running around the house. <laughs> but Lyme disease wipes you out. Yeah. And whether or not the bacteria is still there, you've got to rebuild. And you're not, it's like rebuilding Germany after World War II or Japan after World War II. It didn't take two weeks. It didn't take two months. It didn't even take two years. It may have taken two decades, right? Right. right. You know, and, and obviously the body's probably more like two years, five years, something like that to come out of it. But it's so that we don't we don't have that. We don't have that model of health in our brain. And so we can't we can't assess. We can't really function well with that. And that's part of part of what we're teaching is the way there's a whole nother way to think about health and healing and recovery. And that's why it does take the fighting spirit. 
Yeah. You know, you were t- you were talking about you know the large job of going through this process of eating an elephant one bite at a time, but somewhere in there you've got to remember that you've got to eat the whole elephant. <laughs> you know, it's not like you get a you get a really particularly bad tasting piece of the elephant. And you say, okay, thanks, I'm done eating the elephant. You know, or you forget your it becomes habitual. You forget you're eating the elephant. You know, it just something else comes along that's just much more interesting than eating the elephant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I remember. <laughs> this is again very small. My my experiences are tend to be very small scale compared to to what you've gone through. But uh, different different summertime illness. Um, I'm feeling mostly better and partly mostly better because we had a softball tournament, right? So it's Sunday afternoon, everybody's drinking beer. I'm saying, well, I'm not feeling that good. I'll just drink water. Thank you very much. You know, play a day of softball. And then I was sick for another week after that Mm. because I thought I was better, but you know, not enough reserves to go play softball and come on, how demanding is softball? (laughs) Not very, (laughs) but, but it was more than I, than I had the capacity to do. You know, and that's, you know, that's Lyme, the Lyme experience in a nutshell. So whether or not, you know, I don't even want to get into the the conversation of or the the debate over, you know, uh, is is there still an active infection? You know, there still may be an infection there lurking in the corners. Right. Waiting to bite us in the butt if, if we get weak again, you know, but we get to the point where the infection is no longer running the show. And like you said, we're not being dragged under the water every single day. You can float and, you know, begin to, you know, again, feel like you're not going to die because of the infection. Like it's under control enough. You know, is it gone completely? We, we don't know. We'll find that out very soon and it'll probably be individual. Some people have the bacteria in them and some people will have zero. And then, then the question becomes, okay, the bacteria is gone. How come I feel so bad? Right. Right. Absolutely. I, that people have said that exact thing to me. Oh, I've been released. My Lyme doctor says I'm better, except I'm still in excruciating pain. Right. And so, right. We don't know. So right now the, the easy answer is the doctor's an idiot. (laughs) I am still infected and I still need more antibiotics. And that's, that's the point where, you know, whether or not, again, whether, who knows, are there bar, uh, spirochetes buried in your brain or in your heart tissue or in your cartilage? Maybe you're hiding behind a biofilm in your gut. Maybe, probably, right? But yeah. if, and, and so that's, and that's the other level of, so this is where the, this is where the fight, this is interesting. This is where our fight metaphor may break down. And that it may be more like a detente idea that's like, can, can we get to the point where we can live with this bacteria? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if they, if you swab your mouth, you've got so much evil bacteria and viruses in there. It's like, we should be sick every day, but we're not <laughs> right? right. We've all heard the thing that a you know child's mouth is dirtier than a dog's mouth. You know, what do they mean by that? Well, there's, there's more nasty stuff in there, but we're not sick every day. Huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So do we need to like blast our mouth with Listerine every day to kill all that stuff? That's kind of been the mindset, right? But it turns out if you do that, you're actually more at risk for getting sick. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. You know, I just interviewed uh, the creator of Biocidin, which is one of the herbal antiviral antibiotic formulas out there that's been out there for a long time. It got started with the AIDS epidemic and has hmm. crossed over into the Lyme world. And uh, one of the things they've, they come at it really from a, from a scientific point of view and they, they sell to a lot of doctors, so they have to. 
they did a study on the mouth biome with people using these products and actually it increased the diversity of the mouth biome. Interesting. You know? So it's not – you're not napalming or or – remember the neutron bomb? Neutron bombing your mouth and killing all the bacteria and leaving just the clean structure. Again, kind of that's the – you know, that's the machinery idea of the human body that it's, you know, this clean machine that needs to be sterilized. But that's that model just doesn't hold hold water. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a good understanding of of what it's supposed to be like. It's more like weeding a garden, right? Yeah. Oh, I wet it. I, and this is why I'm a terrible gardener, because I weed it once in the spring. And then it's like, well, you know, that should last. <laughs> 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 you know, then you then you let it go, and then the weeds are so deep you have to do ten times the work than if you just did a little bit each day. Yeah, right. You know, it's like flossing and brushing kind of thing. So, yeah, geez, really, guys. Um, I, I'm not a good gardener. McKay, what do you see people? How do you encourage people to empower themselves? Whether it's empower and get more awareness, empower themselves to f stand on something and fight. Where does that? self-empowerment come from and how do you help people along that journey <laughs> i'm going to do the classic stall wow that's a really good question <laughs> <laughs> my brain the truth is my brain went black as well there were some thoughts like holy smokes i have no idea but let's question. actually let's actually think about that right okay. instead of just giving up let's let's fight through the question in some ways, this is where you need somebody, something, somebody outside yourself. Hmm. You know, there's that that, that old uh, parable of, you know, I was walking along the shore next to you, Lord, and we're side by side. And I turn back and look, there's only one, you know, when I needed you most, there's only one set of footprints. And the person's assuming that the footprints are his. And, you know, and, and God says to them, look, look you idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, that was me carrying you. <laughs> not, not, I didn't abandon you. So in some ways, we can go so dark that we can't do it ourselves. Yeah. You know, and even, you told the story earlier, and I, I think it was when we were doing our other, our other interview, that Aaron would come to you and say, it's going to get better. And yeah. at some point, it, it pissed you off. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nice, dear, but show me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, Eliza Doolittle. You know, don't talk of love. Show me. Mm -hmm. But it's important to have somebody out there who can hold that for you. One one of the things we were trained in acupuncture school is to develop an image of the patient at their fullest. You know, where their mm. destiny is nourished, where their health is manifest completely and hold that there for them, um, even if they can't see it themselves. Wow. You know, that doesn't mean specifically like, yeah, you're you know, you're going to have a house and 2.3 kids and a picket fence. No, it's not that. It's like, you know, there is so much more. It's you, you were saying that earlier, too, is there's so much more. There's so much more power in the human spirit than we give it credit for. And just holding that space up, there is so much more here for you. Right. And then at some point, right, at some point, we're able to pick that up for ourselves. You know, we talk about that at the turning point. And I again, I haven't experienced this personally, but talking with other people, the, the truth is. When you're going through this, there are times where you lose it again. It's not like one and done. Right. Right. Totally. It's not like a, yeah. It's like a marriage that's lasted 50 years. Well, how did you, you know, and you ask people who've been married, how'd you do it? 
And they, you know, basically it's some version of, well, one day at a time. Yeah. Right. You know, mm. or, or they'll say something like we didn't stop being married. Well, that's counterintuitive. I mean, that tell them, tell me how you did it, but they never gave up. Right. They right. never called it quits. Right. And, and so that, you know, that's, that, that's part of, part of the answer there is how, how do you get through that? Well, there are going to be times where y- you can't, you can't carry on. So you better have around you people who can carry you for that short distance or mm-hmm. long distance till you can stand back up again. But once, once you've got that fighting spirit, right, that's part of the fighting spirit is that when you do get knocked down, you don't stay down for weeks and months. It's like you start doing the work as soon as you can to get back up again. And maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week, but you, you're the one who picks themselves back up again. Mm, And really where, where we kind of practice this in a benign setting is in sports, you know, and I, I always wondered at the end of the, you know, watching some of these games as a younger person, you know, when the, the score was 102 to two, you know, and the other, the coach is calling a timeout, the coach with two, his team calling timeout and setting up plays for the last 30 seconds. And I'm thinking, you know, what, what, what are you guys nuts? And <laughs> no, but that, that's the fighting spirit. It's like, well, the game's not over. We got 30 seconds. So we're, you know, we're not going away. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not packing it in. So that's, you know, that's, that goes back to that turning moment and, and deciding that, yes, I'm going to fight through this, that this is my responsibility. I own this, you know, whatever that, that spirit, that willpower, that vision for the future, that yes, there is a, an opportunity on the other side of that. You know, the other funny thing that happened, and again, we'll never know what, uh, this spring, my shoulder went limp, my arm went limp. Much like uh, Bell's palsy in the face, like hmm. you know, she seems somebody's face where they just can't smile and can't move. Yeah. And, but this this was the brachial nerves, and it was my basically from my shoulder to my elbow, uh, had zero control of. I could still move my fingers, but I couldn't lift my hand and couldn't couldn't lift any weight. Like I couldn't drink coffee, I couldn't brush my teeth, I couldn't shampoo my hair, I couldn't put my belt on. It was useless, right? Yeah. It was like like having a sleeve almost. Again, I can move my fingers, thank goodness. But, um, and, you know, the question is, is this a recurrence of the Lyme? Is this a separate viral thing? Is this a viral thing because the Lyme affected my immune system and I was through, you know, why did it happen? Who knows, right? But, you know, back to the kind of fighting mindset is like once I figured out it wasn't a stroke, which took all of about like 20 seconds. And okay, is this a stroke? And do I need to go to the ER? And the answer was no, because there just weren't, were no other symptoms going along with it. It was like, okay, you know, it's like, okay, this is what it is and we'll figure it out and I'll be better. And there's never, you know, so that's just the fighting spirit doesn't have to be this, you know, accompanied by a orchestral, Right. score and you know the you know the flash of lightning and all this stuff and this great awareness sometimes it can be as simple as like okay it's like you know to start to do the work that's necessary to get through this mm-hmm. you know and th- and then you know it got it got worse <laughs> right <laughs> right then it then it started hurting you know and hurting to the point where i can't get comfortable to sleep i couldn't sleep on it because it hurt i couldn't sleep on the opposite shoulder because it hurt so you know that so i'm now i'm Staying up, and I'm sure, Sarah, you've been in, in these shoes too. You're you're up at 3 a.m. watching NCIS reruns, right. you know, binge watching because eventually they, they put you to sleep because you've seen the same show over a hundred times. Yeah. 
right? Right. Um, but it was absolutely like that. And, you know, it was it was not easy. But in the middle of that, it was like there was still no doubt in my mind that this is just something to get through and it'll be better on the other side. So, you know, whether that's irrational or whatever, but, the, you know, part of part of having a fighting spirit, I think, is creating your future in the face of no evidence. Like there's no evidence you're going to get better. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Say that again. To be able to create, create your future in the face of having no evidence that there is a future. Huh. That is really profound. You know, you t- yeah, it's not my teaching. That's I'm borrowing it from somebody else. So I'm just we'll, we'll transmitting it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and you talk about the same thing. It's like you're looking at the mountain and you're telling the mountain to move. Right. You're right. Any sane person saying, looking at you and looking at the mountain and what they do, they laugh. Right. Right. And then they move on. Or, you know, if they're, you know, kind of NASCAR, they'll watch for the disaster to come. Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to see this crash and burn. So I'm going to hang around. But rational people, you know, but then, like you said, you know, uh, Aaron, that at some point you kind of learn about the mechanisms of how things work. And the people who understand will say, okay, you know, you've got the right thing going, you know, Mm -hmm. keep, keep going. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, When we were moving to Colorado, we didn't, we still hadn't signed a lease when we loaded up our van and moved out here. And so it was just, things mm. could have fallen through the cracks, you know, there was yes, a lot. <laughs> and I'm, Aaron and I are sitting there talking to my dad the morning we're getting ready to leave. And, you know, I'm kind of teared up and there's some. Kind of. <laughs> I'm All right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to fall apart in front of the she, kids. She was acting like I wanted to. Yeah, there was just somebody somebody had to. Yeah, there was a lot at stake. There was a lot of loose ends. You know, the cost of living up here is about double of what it is where we came from. And so I was just kind of running through this stuff with my dad. And he goes, Sarah, either this is the best idea you guys have ever had, and it's going to open the door to your future, or this is completely ridiculous. And it does dumbest idea you've ever had. I think were his exact words. Yeah. And, you know, just the way he phrased it, like, okay, yeah, this could be an absolute disaster or but don't get stuck there and start operating in fear, because when we operate in fear, we get stuck. It's when we have it's when we choose to consciously operate in power proactively versus reactively that those mountains do get set aside or you are able to jump that next hurdle or open up the door to your future. Mm hmm. So we talk about fighting as mindset, healing as choices, and living and being the outcome. But here's the thing. You have to do all three at once, in a <laughs> sense. <laughs> and it's not that one, like one, yes, one choice leads to the other. But at the same time, you have to live in the midst of where you're at. So living is is a tricky thing because you can't just wait until the mountain is gone you have to live within your within the path i mean you still have to function you still have to live and enjoy life and it's through living that enables you to move to the next step of healing of making a fighting mindset it's you know that balance i wish i could say i have it all figured out but that's part of what we're learning through this podcast and through talking with others is how to do all three at once yeah true 
there's this illusion of causality. Mm. And we entertain it because it helps us navigate through life. It's, it's a very useful construct, but it, it may not be sufficient to, uh, to understand and affect everything that goes around us. You know, so it was in this workshop and they were discussing this and it's like, yeah, well, whatever. It's like, you know, it's pretty sure that, you know, if I, you know, pour coffee in my head, my hair is going to get wet kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, but, and, but then they get to the, you know, so the, the, then the conversation is, okay, so what caused you to pour the coffee in your head? Well, I wanted to do an experiment. Okay. So what caused you to want to do the experiment? Well, I'm a curious person. All right. Well, what caused you to be a curious person? Well, my childhood, blah, 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 blah. Well, what caused your childhood to be blah, 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 blah. Well, my parents, you know, and eventually you do this long enough and you get to the point of the big bang, (laughs) right? You know, so so what caused this? Well, the big bang and the, the answer to everything then is the same thing. So again, causality is, it can be a very helpful way filter through which to understand the world, but, but it isn't. And, and so you're pointing out that, you know, we've got this kind of one, two, three, you've got to fight, you've got to uh, make choices, and then you've got to live life. But you're saying, well, you know, but you can't just wait to, you know, what, what do you do if the fighting's not there? Do you wait and not live and not make choices? No, well, you kind of have to start there, maybe, yeah. you know, there's no, and it's, it it's, a, again, it's a different way of thinking. And sometimes the, the bun we're in, you know, we're thinking within the bun, you know, we just don't have enough thoughts outside to, to get us to where we need to go. You know, so, so sometimes it is a blindness, you know, and I think that's what's happening with the science. It's just, you know, it's blind because it's thinking in a certain framework mm-hmm. and the framework, you need to abandon the framework to find the solution. And that's what Einstein was talking about. But, so, you know, the, the, then there's just the spiritual and decision-making things too. And, you know, part of what keeps us trapped spiritually is that we know the way things are. Mm-hmm. You know, this is I'm this type of person because I've taken this test, the personality test, and this uh, personality profile, and this, and you know, it's it, it that can be useful and illuminating, and it also can be very deadening and and trapping. And, and this is what the, the Scott Adams is out there, and he's he's doing a lot of work on persuasion. And his, his his model for understanding human beings is that they're meat robots, is what he calls them. Hmm. You know, he does it to be provocative and insulting. And you know, you can be left there, or you can say, you know, that that's really how most of us behave. Mm-hmm. You know, we're living a programmed life, and then right. Lyme Lyme disease comes along, right? And presents us with the mountain that we then have to figure out, you know, say, mountain, you're going to move. And if we're just cruising along with the programming we've had up to that point, again, this kind of Einstein's words, too, is like, it, it's not enough to move the mountain. Yeah. It's not, you know, we have to look at, and that's the, that the scariest thing out there is to let go of what you know. Even and, and, and like your perfect your your trip, you know, such a right. great metaphor. Your trip to Colorado, you know, you don't you didn't have all the answers. You don't know. You just know something better is going to come for it. Why? Because of evidence? No, you're just moving. Mm-hmm. But because you're going to make something happen out of it, it's like you're 
you're going to be different. You're going to operate differently. We're using this as a, a clean step. You know, then the cynical side is, well, you know, no matter where you go, there you are. It's like right. You're, you're bringing And that's the meat robot conversation, right? Right. However, you know, there's there's the whole American fresh start and reinventing yourself and, and everything else, that, which speaks to more of what you're talking about, this spiritual transformation, that we can create a future. We can shift gears. You're not... Mm-hmm. You're not uh, trapped by your past, by your race, by your genetics, by what infections are inside you. Yeah. Well said. McKay, how do people get a hold of you? And tell us, tell us, I know that you do some um, online coaching or not online. Consultations. Consultations. Yes. Well, the website for the podcast is www.limeninjaradio.com and that's all one word and we're on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else those things feed themselves it's <laughs> like we we you, I'm sure like you you end up places like how did I get there right yeah <laughs> totally but anyway so you know if you just search for that in terms of getting hold of me McKay at limeninjaradio.com you can do that personally and if you happen to be in uh, central New York and interested in being an acupuncture patient, just McKayRippy.com and you'll get my acupuncture website. Awesome. And how do people sign up for the symptom tracker? Is that on your Lime Ninja website? It is. So how you find the symptom tracker is you go to LimeNinjaRadio.com front slash tracker. Perfect. And then okay. you'll see a web page that says, what's your Lyme score? And then a button that says, start tracking. Click start tracking and you'll start tracking. Perfect. As always, it was great to talk to you, Monkey. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I know. Let's not wait two years, huh? Right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, there's definitely a kindred heart with us. And, and you just were, were all kind of fighting the same battle, fighting the same disease. And... You know, I, I'm so glad there is people like you out there. And I actually saw there's a couple more podcasts coming out by different people because this issue needs a lot of addressing. And there's too many people that are going too long because of lack of knowledge or lack of support. And even if, you know, too often we see that people don't have anyone in their life, but there is Lime Ninja who can speak into your life and help you and Lime Voice Radio that can speak into your life. And we are definitely in your corner trying to see you succeed and see you grow past this. And some of the strongest and coolest people I know have dealt with, and I mean dealt with, not just let it overtake them but dealt with with issues like this and are actively fighting and making the choices to heal and then living because of that outcome so so glad to know you mr mckay and i am i can't wait for this one to get out there thanks so much wishing your doctors could communicate and come up with a cohesive plan specific to your medical needs and genetics At Invita Medical Center, they offer a team-style approach, giving you the opportunity to heal. In addition to a commitment of providing radical love and care for their patients, they are strategically located in sunny Arizona because Arizona offers the best integrative medical laws in the country. Call today to speak with one of their patient care coordinators. You can find them online at Invita.com. Disease is contrary to life. Therefore, wherever disease exists, life must also fight to exist. 
Good job fighting Lime Fighters. Keep it up. We'll see you next time. Lime Voice contains general information about medical conditions and treatments. The information is not advice and should not be treated as such. Okay, Lincoln? Okay. The medical information on Lime Voice is provided as is without any representations, warranties, expressed or implied. Okay? Okay. Lime Voice makes no representations or warranties in relation to the medical information on this podcast. You must not rely on the information on this podcast as an alternative to medical advice from your doctor or other professional health care provider. If you have any specific questions about your medical matter, you should consult your doctor or other professional health care provider. And for you, you consult your parents, okay? Okay. If you think you may be suffering from any medical condition, you should seek immediate medical attention. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information on this podcast. Got it, Lincoln? Got it.